Gear Unwrapped, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of baby gear so you can make informed choices for your little one. I'm your host, Rebecca Kimenaugh. I'm a passionate baby gear expert and baby registry consultant. As a parent myself, I know firsthand the joy and challenges that come with preparing for a new arrival. The world of baby gear can be overwhelming with endless options and evolving trends. But fear not, because here on Baby Gear Unwrapped, I'm here to guide you through the maze of strollers, car seats, cribs, and all things baby gear. This show isn't just about products, though. It's about empowerment. It's about giving you the knowledge and confidence to select the gear that aligns with your family's unique needs, preferences, and values. We'll explore practical tips, expert interviews, and the latest innovations in the world of baby gear. So whether you're a first-time parent navigating this exciting new world, or a seasoned pro looking for the latest advancements, Baby Gear Unwrapped is here for you. Together, we'll make your parenting journey smoother, one gear choice at a time. So hit the subscribe button now and join me on this incredible adventure through the world of baby gear, because when it comes to your baby, only the best will do. Welcome back to the Baby Gear Unwrapped podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Kimenaugh. I'm a baby gear expert who's been working in the baby gear industry for over 10 years, and I'm an IBCLC, which is an international board-certified lactation consultant, a CPST, which is a certified child passenger safety technician, a certified postpartum doula, newborn care specialist, baby wearing educator, among other things. Today is part two of the traveling podcast. Last week we had Victoria Ficelli on and she gave us some incredible tips from her vast experience of traveling with children. She gave us some awesome tips about using fanny packs, different types of backpacks, using a toiletry bag to hold different baby gear items and things you need on the actual airplane and we discussed navigating an airplane or navigating the airport with a car seat and a stroller and children with different abilities. Today I'm going to be talking just by myself. Today's a special episode because it's the first time that I'm not interviewing another expert on the podcast and I'm just going to be sharing some of my vast experience with you guys. I uh, This part two episode will focus on mainly travel gear. So we're going to go through the different categories of actual baby gear that we use when traveling. And we're going to dive into each category and what products I recommend within those categories. I will say that traveling with kids can be super overwhelming. And though I'm very experienced at it, and my hope is to empower you and help you have as smooth of a traveling time as possible when you do travel with your kids. I also want to say there is no way I can possibly fit all of my advice and knowledge into one podcast episode, or even two, since this is the second traveling podcast episode I've done. We're going to jump right in and talk a little bit about my traveling experience and why I call myself an experienced traveler, especially someone who has vast experience traveling with children. So I started out traveling as a travel nanny, actually quite young, still in my teenage years. I traveled with a family with five kids to Aspen, Colorado, and I was their travel nanny for their annual ski vacation. So I would help with the kids. I road tripped with them up there from Texas, and I would help with the kids, the younger kids who weren't in ski school, and I would help with the older kids who were in ski school, um, getting them out the door, getting them dressed in their ski suits. And that really gave me a passion for helping families travel. I love being able to assist them and just make their vacations as smooth as possible. And so 
When other families in our community heard that I did that, I started traveling to Disney World with another family on their annual Disney World vacation, and then it just went from there. I traveled all over the United States with several different families, and then I started traveling to Europe with another family that I nannied for. I went on some pretty cool trips to Europe, um, to Copenhagen, to Amsterdam, as well as to Estonia, um, and yeah, I my travel bug never left me, even when I wasn't traveling with kids. I traveled extensively all throughout my early young adult years in my 20s. And then when I had my own daughter, both me and my wife loved traveling. We actually met when we were living in France. And so I knew that traveling would be a part of our life once we became parents. When my daughter was about six weeks old and we were both still on our parental leave, we decided to take her on a trip around the U.S. And so we went to Boston, to Maine, to Seattle, and to Arizona to visit friends and family and introduce our daughter to to some friends and family members who wouldn't otherwise have gone to meet her. And that was a super special trip, but it also taught us a lot because traveling with a six-week-old all over the country, literally, across the country um, was no small feat and it definitely taught us a lot about what baby gear we needed what baby gear we didn't need and we didn't even need to bring with us and all of the other little things Um, then over my daughter's first year of life she took over 25 flights uh, many of them domestically but we also traveled to France and to Canada with her during her first year of life and then not long after she turned one we actually spent six weeks living in Mexico Um, Over her second year of life, we also went to Hawaii, and now at this point in her life, being two and a half years old, she has taken over 30 domestic flights. So she is a well-traveled little girl. We are well-traveled parents and lots of experience traveling with kids, and so I'm just going to dive right into what different types of travel gear and what products I recommend. Um, I'm going to start out by talking about car seats. Car seats can be super overwhelming when you travel. And, you know, I would say the majority of parents I talk to, just the thought of bringing a car seat to the airport, through the airport with them when traveling feels really overwhelming. And I think because of that, um, a lot of parents actually decide to leave the car seat at home, which in my opinion is the last choice that I would make. There are situations in which I might not bring a car seat when traveling, but they are pretty few and far between. In general, I think bringing a car seat with you is really important because in most situations, you are going to need to travel by car at your final destination, whether it's just one or two Uber or taxi rides to and from the airport, um, or you're renting a car or a friend or family member is picking you up. And even though it can seem daunting to bring your car seat with you, once you get to your final destination, you will be thankful you have it because it's a car seat you know how to install. It's a car seat that you feel comfortable with, that your child feels comfortable with, that you know fits your child correctly. And those are just some of the reasons why for most situations, I do recommend bringing your car seat with you. So if you're gonna bring your car seat with you, how do you navigate the airport with the car seat? If you have an infant car seat or a bucket seat, one of those classic seats that clicks out of the car and clicks into a stroller, those are the easiest car seats to travel with in general. So you can click it onto your stroller, navigate the airport with the car seat on your stroller, and then either take it on the plane with you if you've purchased a seat for your child or gate check it at your gate. I will note that as a CPST, most of the time, um, you know, 
our first choice is always going to be recommending to take your car seat on the plane with you. That means that your car seat never leaves your hands and you know that it is safe. It hasn't been compromised or thrown around in any way. It hasn't gone, you know, damaged by someone else handling it. So keeping your car seat with you is the first choice, but it may not always be possible for all families. And that's why I strive to provide you know, not only the most up-to-date information, but just accurate tips on how to travel and realistic tips for traveling. So if you're not going to keep your car seat with you, um, gate checking it is a feasible option. They do offer, a lot of companies will offer specific bags or padded travel bags for their car seats that are made to help keep the car seat safe and keep dam keep them from getting damaged in the hands of like an airline or someone else. Um, this is going to be the first choice if you do have to check your car seat, whether it's checking it in at the check-in counter or gate checking it. Um, that's going to be the first choice for protection. If your car seat company doesn't offer a travel bag, then you're going to be looking at generic travel bags. Uh, there are so many sold on Amazon. Um, ones that are marked that say that they have a car seat inside are helpful simply because, you know, that gives the carrier information and often helps them to not throw it around or be quite as violent with it. Um, my preference in general, if you're having to choose between gate checking your car seat or checking it in at the check-in counter, is to gate check your car seat. That's simply because it's in the hands of the airline for less time. You leave it at the end of the jet bridge and then you're going to pick it up as soon as you get off your flight. And so that means that really it's just loaded down from the jet bridge into the bottom of the airplane and it's really not away from you for a very long period of time. There is some debate among professionals about whether it's better to check it in or check it in or gate check the car seat. So I don't think there's one perfect option if you are choosing between the two of them. Um, if you gate check the car seat, it does mean that you have to carry it through the airport with you. So again, if you have an infant seat and a stroller that it attaches to, that's not a difficult situation. But if you have a larger car seat, especially a convertible car seat, that can make things more challenging. Um, which will lead me to the next section of car seats. How do we traverse an airport with a convertible car seat and what convertible car seats are the best options for traveling? Um, so my favorite choice, there's two options that I recommend most often when we're talking about going through a airport and bringing our convertible car seat with us through the airport. The first is to have a lightweight car seat that can either attach to the back of your stroller using like big carabiner hooks. They make like big carabiner stroller hooks or even, you know, I know like the Costco Sonera car seat can actually fit in the basket of larger strollers like the Up a Baby Vista or the Evenflow Pivot. So that's a really great option. You can literally just stick it in the basket, bring it with you through the airport. If your child has their own seat, you can bring it on the airplane, install it super easily on the airplane for your child to sit in and the car seat stays with you the whole time. And you don't really have to worry too much about lugging it anywhere because it's just simply gonna be in the bottom of your stroller. If you don't have a large stroller like that, um, that you're not you're not planning on bringing a large stroller through the airport, then another option is to find a convertible car seat that you can easily strap onto your stroller. The Mountain Buggy Nano Stroller is actually a really great stroller to do this with. 
um, because the mountain buggy nano has a universal car seat strap that can help secure your car seat to the stroller really easily. So that when we get to the stroller section, the mountain buggy nano travel stroller is going to be one of the top ones I recommend for that reason. Um, but if you don't have a car seat that can be easily strapped to the stroller, I think the best option is going to be what's known as a car seat cart. So it literally looks like a little luggage cart. It has wheels and a little metal frame. It can fit in the overhead compartment or even under the seat in front of you on the airplane. And often it has some sort of strap or ratcheting device that allows you to snugly keep the car seat on the car seat cart. This will mean that you can wheel the car seat through the airport without lugging it, without having it heavy or weighing on your back if it's in backpack straps. It's really simple to wheel through the airport and a lot of the car seat carts are approved to use with your child actually in the car seat. So that's why they're my preference when I'm traveling with a convertible car seat through the airport, simply because it allows me to put my child, have my child contained in a safe place and also transport the car seat through the airport very easily. Um, one bonus to this is that I find a lot of toddlers especially, but a lot of kids uh, really like this option because it's kind of unique. It feels different from a stroller. So if your toddler is resistant to riding in a stroller, this is a super great way to get them through the airport really smoothly without much of a fight because um, you can pull them behind you and they kind of see a completely different view than they might normally see. Or you can even push the car in front of you and because they're kind of lower to the ground and again, strapped in their car seat, it's kind of a unique perspective for them. Some of my favorite car seat carts, um, my absolute favorite is called the Go-Go Babies, which is B-A-B-Y-Z. Um, unfortunately, it is no longer made, but it can be found pretty easily on Facebook Marketplace or resale sites like Macari or Poshmark. So that could be something if you're traveling in the future and you want to keep an eye out on those resale sites, I can often find them for like $20 to $30. So that's a really great option. If you're not able to find one of those, Britex, B-R-I-T-A-X, is a well-known baby um, gear company. They make a lot of car seats in the U.S. and they make their own travel cart um car seat travel cart. It retails for about $100 on Amazon. You can also find it used pretty easily, um, but that's a great option if you're kind of in a pinch and you need something to ship to you pretty soon. Um, the Britex travel cart is great. Uh, there are also lots of other car seat travel carts on Amazon. I would just caution and say make sure you're purchasing one that has good reviews or that's sold by a reputable company, not like a brand new one listed on there that might be kind of cheaply made or not fully tested to carry the weight of a car seat and a child in it. Um, so you have your car seat cart or you have a stroller and infant car seat, but now you're like, okay, what convertible car seat do I bring with me? Um, many parents are just going to bring the convertible car seat that they already own. And that's a great option because you do, you should most likely be comfortable installing it. Your child's familiar with it. Um, but a lot of convertible car seats are extremely heavy, especially if you have some of the more expensive convertible car seats. They can be really heavy to lug through the airport. So if that's the case and you're 
someone who travels a lot, you might want to consider looking at a second travel car seat. This is where a convertible, lightweight convertible car seat like the Costco Sonera comes in handy. Um, I really like the Costco Sonera because it is small and so lightweight, but I will say it has a very limited use. So most people will travel, if they travel a lot, will travel with their infant car seat then purchase something like the Costco Sonera when their child gets older. But because it has rather low height and weight limits, they might, fi might find themselves purchasing a third car seat for travel after their child has outgrown the Costco Sonera. So it's not, even though it's really lightweight, it's really easy to use. If your child fits within the height and the weight limits for it, it's a great option. It's not usually my go-to. My go-to instead is called the Evenflow Sonos, which is S-O-N-U-S. Um, it is not quite as light as the Costco Sonera, but it's still very lightweight, very simple design, easy to use, no parts to lose or anything like that. Um, installation wise, it is very similar to the Costco Sonera. It's not going to be the easiest installation, but so I do advise you often practice before you actually go on your trip. So you're not trying to install it in, you know, the airport parking lot, getting really frustrated. Um, but it is a great option because it is fairly lightweight and can still be easily, you know, carried through the airport. Um, one thing to mention when you're talking about bringing convertible car seat, if you are going to bring this convertible car seat on the airplane with you, you should know that unless it is 17 inches wide or less, it is not going to fit up the airplane aisle, which means that you are either going to have to carry it over your head or just carry it generally pretty high to get it down the aisle of the airplane. Um, I find that's one thing that a lot of parents when they're preparing for travel don't know that uh, the airplane aisles are so narrow that you're going to really have to lug a wider car seat um, and that can be really cumbersome and heavy and uncomfortable, especially <laughs> if you have a um, younger toddler and you're traveling by yourself and you have no one else to wrangle your toddler. So that is one reason why I do love pairing the car seat travel cart with a very narrow car seat. So the car seats on the market today that should fit up the aisle of the airplane is the Graco SlimFit LX3 3-in-1, um, as well as the Cluck Foomf or the Cluck Flow and the Brightex Poplar. So the Brightex Poplar is a brand new car seat to the market. It's a slim car seat, it's 17 inches wide, so it should fit up the aisle of the airplane on a car seat cart, but I'm not gonna guarantee that it does because I haven't tested it myself. But I have tested the other car seats um, and they do fit up the aisle of the airplane on a car seat cart, which is really nice because then you can literally wheel your car seat even with your child in it, all the way down the airplane aisle directly to where you're going to be sitting and install your car seat then. Um, the Graco SlimFit 3 LX 3-in-1 is probably my first choice simply because it's very narrow at 16.7 inches wide and I find it rather easy to install and pretty easy to travel with. So it's a really great choice for a travel seat if you're not just going for the lightest car seat on the market. And especially if you know you're gonna be using a car seat cart, um, then that makes it pretty easy to wheel through the airport as well as wheel onto the airplane. Um, so if you are past the infant stage or infant car seat stage and you're even past the convertible car seat stage, what are your other options for bringing a car seat through the airport? something many people don't know is that booster seats are not allowed to be used on an airplane. So you can travel with a booster seat, 
Most booster seats are fairly small, so you can actually bring them on the airplane and put them in the overhead compartment or put them, you know, under the seat in front of you. Um, but they are not allowed to be used on the airplane because there are just airplane lap belts, not lap and shoulder belts. Um, and your child, airplane seats are designed, or airplane seat belts are designed to fit your child differently than a regular car seat belt. So you, your child doesn't technically need a boost up for the airplane seat belt to fit them correctly. Um, for that reason, a lot of people you know, may, if they have an older child who is ready to sit in a booster seat, they may have them sit in a booster seat when they're traveling and then keep them in a five-point harnessed seat back when they're at home, just knowing that it's easier to travel with a booster seat versus a five-point harness seat. Um, another thing to know is that if you do decide to bring your car seat on the airplane, which again would be my first choice in almost all situations. Uh, a great thing about installing it on the airplane is that not only does your child have a safe place to sit, you know that they're contained and safe in the event of turbulence or something going wrong on the aircraft, but also it allows most often a kids to have a more comfortable place to sleep and it makes it more likely that they're going to sleep on the airplane because they have the safe environment that they are used to you know many kids fall asleep in the car so if they already sleep in their car seat in the car it makes it much more likely for them to be feel safe and comfortable enough to fall asleep on the airplane um a couple other travel car seats i'll mention before we move on to strollers is the Waby pico which is w-a-y-b-p-i-c-o um, that is a unique car seat on the market that actually is super lightweight. I believe it weighs like nine pounds. It fits, it's a convertible car seat. Well, actually I will take that back. It's not a convertible car seat. Convertible car seats mean that they both rear face and forward face. The Wavy Pico only forward faces. So it's a forward facing only car seat, um, that folds up and fits into a backpack. It is approved to be used on a plane as well as in the car. It has a fairly smooth and easy installation. Um, if you listen to last week's episode of the travel podcast with um, Victoria Vicelli, you will know that she has that car seat and raved about it. Um, one of the my, the negative things about it is that it is on the smaller side, um, which obviously makes it easier to travel with, but it does not fit children very long. It has a pretty small span of life or use um so just something to keep in mind it it does run more expensive it's almost 500 dollars, and so if you travel frequently it may very well be worth it but it's not going to last your child most likely when they're past five four or five or six years old um and you can use it from about two year olds or two years older when they fit the weight and the height limits of the seat um so if you are not bringing your car seat on the airplane for whatever reason, but you feel like the airplane seatbelt does not fit your child properly, which I actually find that it doesn't fit most children properly until they're closer to six years old, there is something else that you can use to help your children get a nice snug fit on the airplane, and that's called the CARES harness. Um, that is the only FAA approved uh, harnessing device that is not a car seat to be used on American airplanes. So 
It is um, just simply a harness that kind of passes over the seat and gives turns the airplane seat belt from just a lap belt into a five-point harness and gives kind of a snugger fit on your children. Often it helps them feel like they are actually in a car seat and kind of helps them wiggle around less. And additionally, it does help keep them much more secure in the event of severe turbulence, you know, helps ensure that they actually stay safely in their seat. So that's another option if you are not bringing an actual car seat on the airplane with you. So now that we've talked about car seats, let's jump into the next big item, maybe the biggest item of all and the biggest question on people's brains. What stroller do I bring when I'm traveling? And um, do I bring it with me through the airport? Do I check it in at the check-in counter? Do I gate check it? Are there strollers that can fit on an airplane? Um, All of those questions. So I will give a few facts first. And I know families that choose to travel without strollers through the airport, but I have never been one of those families. I think I will probably travel with a stroller until the, you know, my children are 10 years old, simply because it is a great device to carry things through the airport. Even if your child's not sitting in the stroller or actually doesn't use the stroller at all through the airport, the stroller is a great means of getting all of your stuff that you have when traveling with kids through the airport. Um, I kind of treat it like a travel cart in some sense or a luggage cart. Additionally, strollers can be handy because when you're traveling, often children are outside of their schedule, they're crankier than usual, they might nap at strange times, and a stroller just ensures that you always have a safe place to put your child down and um, somewhere for them to sleep or rest or anything like that. So I am a big fan of bringing a stroller through the airport with you. Um, Having said that, I will note that there are some restrictions on different U.S. airlines about what size of strollers you can bring. So most, um, a few U.S. airlines don't let you bring any stroller through the airport that is over 20 pounds. And you will find that actually a large amount of strollers are over 20 pounds. This means that If you have a stroller that's over 20 pounds and you're flying on one of those airlines, I will say one of those airlines is American Airlines. So if you're flying on American and you're planning on bringing your stroller that's over 20 pounds, you will have to check it in at the check-in counter and either bring a second stroller with you to navigate the airport or navigate the airport without a stroller at all. And this is why when I'm doing registry consults with families, I will often mention that if they plan to travel by airplane at all within their child's first year of life, I will often say that putting a travel stroller on their registry will pay them back tenfold. Like it is extremely helpful, not just for traveling. Travel strollers are great because they generally fold up quite um, small and compact and they're great strollers to keep in the back of the vehicle or leave at a grandparent's house um, or just have for an emergency. So I really love having a travel stroller and having multiple strollers on your registry, um, especially if you find that you're gonna be a family that is traveling a lot with your children. So if you have, if you're starting to look into the world of travel strollers and decide, there's kind of two categories of travel strollers. There's ones that fold up small enough to go in the overhead bin on an airplane and actually qualify as like a carry-on on the airplane. And then there are ones that are fold compactly, but they don't fold up small enough to go on the airplane. So I'll just list a few, um, a few of my favorites that do fold up small enough to go in the overhead bin are going to be the Mountain Buggy Nano, 
the Bugaboo Butterfly, and the Jewel's Air. All three of those are fantastic travel strollers that I have personally used and do fold up small enough to go in the overhead bin on the airplane. Um, a couple travel strollers that don't fit the overhead bin requirements on a lot of airlines are the Upper Baby Menu stroller as well as the Nuna Travel Stroller. So both of those strollers are just a little big and a little bit outside of most US airline carry-on requirements. Now that's not to say you can't bring those on any airplanes. I have heard of some people bringing them on the airplane and getting them to fit in the overhead compartment, but they don't fit the specifications for most US airlines. And so it's not a guarantee that you'll be able to bring them on the plane. Um, one other consideration when you're trying to decide whether you get like a specific travel stroller that fits in the overhead bin is if you're going to be traveling internationally. Because a lot of times when you travel internationally, if you are gate checking your stroller, which gate checking means that you bring your stroller through the airport with you, but you leave it at the end of the jet bridge. And then when you, um, you board the airplane without your stroller, and when you get off the airplane, you have to wait for someone to bring your stroller up from the under compartment of the airplane and leave it back at the end of the jet bridge. But if you're traveling internationally, a lot of times they will not bring your stroller back up and leave it on the end of the jet bridge. They will send it through customs. And so you will not be able to claim your stroller again until you get your, you go all the way through customs and pick up your baggage, which this can be a big negative because customs can, especially customs with children, can be a really stressful experience. And so if you're going through customs with your children, um, you definitely want to be able to have, um, you know, somewhere to put them safely as you navigate all of that. So that if you're traveling internationally with a child that is under one or two years old, I highly, highly recommend having a stroller that is small enough to fit in the overhead compartment. Um, with all of that being said, I think there's a few features and a few reasons I would choose the different strollers that I mentioned. So the Mountain Buggy Nano is one of my favorites in like a more budget category. It retails for about $200. Um, it has a, it has, as I mentioned, like a kind of a universal compatibility compatibility with infant car seats, which means it will work with most infant car seats as well as help secure some convertible car seats to the stroller. It has a near flat recline, so it doesn't recline all the way flat, but it definitely reclines enough to let your child have a nice nap. Um, it has a fairly big canopy, but it's not huge. Um, it's a decent size and it does require a two hand fold. So I think the biggest negative, in my opinion, with the Mountain Buggy Nano is that the fold is a bit cumbersome and um, the way you carry it, sometimes I found that the canopy just flipped open, which got a little bit irritating, especially when I was trying to like get it onto the airplane as well as carry a baby and carry a car seat and carry lots of different stuff. Um, so that's the biggest negative, but especially if you're looking for something that is a smaller budget that does fit in the overhead compartment, I think the Mountain Buggy Nano is a fantastic option. Um, the Jewels Air and the Bugaboo Butterfly are both, I would say some of the most common travel strollers you see. And honestly, they're very, very similar. Even if you look at them side by side, um, some people who might not be able to tell the difference because they do look very similar, but there are a few features that are different that um, might kind of make the difference in which one you purchase. So the Jules Air uh, does not come with a foot wrist, which once your child is over like six 
months old, a footrest is really handy. Otherwise, their feet kind of dangle off and it may make it harder for them to sleep if they don't have that additional foot support of a footrest. The Jewels Air, you have to purchase the footrest separately, whereas the Buckaboo Butterfly comes with the footrest already attached and it's adjustable and everything. Um, both the Bugaboo Butterfly and the Jewels Air, you have to purchase the bumper bar separately. Um, so that's just an additional accessory that isn't required for use of the stroller, but it is something you'd have to purchase separately. I think one of the biggest differences, um, the Jewels Air offers a bassinet, which is honestly really nice, uh, especially because the bassinet can stay attached when you fold it. So if you know you're going to be traveling with an infant, especially under like three or four months old, I think the Jewels Air is a fantastic option because you can have that bassinet attached when you fold up the stroller and you know you have a safe flat place for the baby to easily lie and sleep in. Um, the Bugaboo Butterfly does not have a bassinet feature, but it does allow you to connect a car seat to it. The Jewels Air, you can also connect a car seat to the stroller. Um, any Cluck, um, Cybex, Nuna, or Maxi Cozy car seat should fit on either of the two strollers. So both of those are great travel stroller options. Um, the other strollers that I mentioned, the Nuna Travel and Up a Baby Menu, um, that don't fold up and don't fit in all overhead compartments are also great travel strollers, especially if you will be traveling by airplane very occasionally and you're mainly looking for the stroller to kind of fit compactly in the back of your car. Those are both great options. The fold on the Nuna Travel is really cool. It's literally just a squeeze and it it's called like a self-folding stroller. It literally just folds down on itself. Um, you don't have to do anything complicated. So that's pretty cool. So one more travel stroller that I will mention is the GB Pocket. We did talk about it pretty extensively on last week's episode because Victoria Ficelli owns it and loves it and uses it a lot. It is currently the only travel stroller that will roll down the aisle of the airplane because it's less than 17 inches wide, which is pretty awesome, especially if you have a need to roll your child down the aisle of the airplane without carrying them. Um, so the GB Pocket Original, as well as I believe the GB Pocket Air are both narrow enough to roll down the aisle of the airplane. And they fold up so small, they can not only fit in the overhead bin, but they can actually fit in under the seat in front of you. So they're pretty tiny. They're really great options for navigating an airport, but outside of navigating the airport, they are so small. Their wheels are so small. They can feel a little bit rickety. Like I would say that they are good quality. They're not going to break on you, but they can feel a little rickety. They don't have any suspension or anything like that. Most of them don't have canopies or even like a recline. So they're kind of like a standard umbrella stroller, but they just fold really, really small. Um, so just something to keep in mind, they can be a great option if you're not needing to use your stroller a lot or if you're only going to be walking on like pretty smooth surfaces surfaces at your destination, um, but they are really great for navigating an airport. So now that we've talked about strollers, we're going to jump right into carriers. So I don't think that I could do a travel um, especially airline travel without having a carrier on me. My daughter's two and a half. We still always travel with our toddler size Tula, um, baby Tula carrier, but definitely in the younger days, there was no way I could have done a travel without 
any any type of travel without having our carrier with us. Um, my daughter lived in the carrier often. It was the place where we knew no matter what, she would always nap in the carrier if she was fighting a nap or if we just needed a place for her to calm down, have less stimulation going on. And I can't even count the number of times in her first year of life that the only way we got her to go to sleep on the airplane was by putting her in the carrier and I would walk up and down the airplane aisles forever, dodging around like the flight attendants and the drink carts and other passengers um, attempting to get her to sleep by walking up and down the aisles. And nine times out of 10, it would work to get her to sleep fairly quickly. So it's an awesome tool to have. Um, I have done a whole nother episode. I believe it was episode three of the podcast where I talk with another baby wearing educator and we dive into all sorts of different carriers. So I'm not going to dive into all of the different types of carriers, but I will say when traveling, probably my first choice of carrier is going to be a soft structured carrier simply because something with clips um, that buckles on and goes on and off really smoothly and really easily is going to be the best because you may be taking it on and off a lot. Um, Something a lot of people don't know is that most carriers are required to be taken off if you're if your child is a lap child and you're wearing them in a carrier when you get on the plane, you are required to unclip the carrier for takeoff and landing. Um, this is actually an FAA required rule that you cannot have your baby um, like actually physically attached to your body with a carrier during takeoff and landing. So just something good to know. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we loved traveling with our soft structure carrier or our baby Tula carriers, because we could easily unclip the carrier for takeoff and landing, kind of slip the shoulder portions off, but still keep our baby like snugly against us if she was sleeping. And then we could reclip the carrier once we got into the air. And oftentimes she would stay asleep through all of that. Um, that might be more difficult if you had something like a long wrap or something else like that. A lot of people also like traveling with a ring sling because again, it is super easy to get on and off. But I think my main negative and the reason I wouldn't choose a ring sling when traveling through the air um, through the airport is because it is a one-shouldered carrier. So if you are going to be wearing baby for a long period of time, it can really fatigue one side of your body and cause um, your body to get a little bit out of alignment and um, is definitely not great for parents who have back issues or anything else that kind of helps, makes it difficult to have a lot of weight put on one side of their body. Um, but outside of that, I do recommend, uh, there's many great structured carriers on the market. Um, Baby Tula carriers, the Free to Grow is my favorite of Baby Tula for children under a year old, as well as Ergo Baby. I like the Ergo Baby 360 a lot. Um, Happy Baby carriers, uh, actually a company called Hope and Plum just came out with a new carrier called the Lark, which is a soft structure carrier, and it is absolutely beautiful. Um, and really, it folds up super small, so it would be a great option to keep in your diaper bag as you navigate the airport. Um, but I will mention that one thing that I always use a carrier for, or almost always, is getting on the actual airplane. So when I get everything ready to get on the airplane, if when my daughter was still in her infant car seat and we were bringing the infant car seat on the airplane, I would actually keep my daughter, secure her in her infant car seat, um, put fold up the stroller 
and put it in a backpack. So we have the Bugaboo Butterfly and we have the Ergo Baby Metro travel bag. So the Ergo Baby Metro is another travel stroller. Um, it's another good option, but the Bugaboo Butterfly actually fits perfectly in the Ergo Baby Metro travel bag because Bugaboo doesn't currently have a travel bag for the Butterfly stroller. And um, the Ergo Baby travel bag does have backpack straps. So I would fold up the stroller, put the stroller in the bag on my back as a backpack. And I will say there are, you will occasionally run into flight attendants who don't want to let you, or like gate agents who don't want to let you bring your travel stroller on the airplane simply because they see it's a stroller and they think it should be gate checked. Um, so to avoid any issues with that, I always put all of my travel strollers in some sort of bag, whether it was like a really big tote bag or in a backpack um, like I do now with the Buckaboo Butterfly. But it just th makes things a little smoother and it does obviously count as a carry-on. So I was almost always traveling with my wife. Um, so there were at least two adults and so we never had an issue having uh, you know, the stroller count for one of our carry-ons, but that is something to keep in mind. Um, when you're traveling with a baby, often almost all U.S. airlines allow for one extra bag for the baby, even if they're a lap child. And also if you're traveling with things like a breast pump, your breast pump bag um, does not count towards your carry-on allowance. So those are just some extra facts to keep in mind. But when I'm getting on the airplane, I will often put, if again, if my daughter's riding in an infant car seat, I will just carry the infant car seat with her strapped in onto the plane, have the stroller as a backpack on my back, and that allows me to um, pull like some carry-on luggage behind me um, or push it in front of me. If my daughter is in a convertible car seat and I need to carry it onto the plane without her riding in it, then I'm gonna put her on my back in um, the toddler Tula carrier or whatever baby carrier I have. I'm gonna carry the actual car seat onto the airplane. I'm gonna have to kind of lift it high over my head. So that's just um, some tips to know when you're actually loading yourself on the plane. Again, if I'm doing all of that and I have another adult with me, that makes it more simple because the other adult can get the rest of the luggage. If I don't have another adult with me, you most likely would need to leave um, your carry-on luggage like at the front of the plane with a flight attendant while you carry the car seat to your seat, get the car seat installed, and then go back for the carry-on luggage. So it can be quite a process. Um, and if you're flying with different airlines that don't board, that have like pre-boarding spots, oftentimes you can ask to pre-board um, if you have, especially if you're traveling alone with a car seat and a child, that will make the whole loading process smoother on you, your child, and the flight attendants, um, and everyone getting on the airplane. So just a little tip as you're navigating the airport. Um, but the next thing I'm going to discuss is luggage. So I did mention pulling the carry-on luggage behind me. Uh, and I will say that carry-on luggage, in my experience, I think different carry-on luggage fits many different families' needs, and there's no one perfect luggage, in my opinion. Currently, we have the CalPAC um, carry-on luggage, and I could not love it more. I will say that if I'm traveling with a child, I always want to have four-wheeled, um, like, 
360 spinning uh, luggage that I can pull and push from any direction simply because that just gives a little bit more versatility when you're trying to navigate the airport and whether you're pushing a stroller or pull and pulling luggage behind you or however you're trying to navigate the airport, um, definitely having luggage with uh, rotating wheels that you can push and pull from different directions is super helpful. Um, outside of that, I think luggage, if you can find it, that has easy accessible pockets um, that can be really easy, you know, to access things that is really important, especially with kids. And I think also having um, one larger bag that you can put backup diapers, backup clothes, you know, things that you're hoping not to need to access on the flight, but that you do want with you while you're navigating the airport. And then a smaller bag, like a diaper bag or a backpack that you can have with you um, and that can go under the seat in front of you so you can make sure that you have all of the items you need for the actual airplane ride with you, accessible, within hand's reach um, or within arm's reach. Because the last thing you want is to sit down, get all buckled in, get ready for takeoff with your baby and be in the middle of takeoff and realize like, oh, you don't have your baby's bottle or their pacifier. It's like in the overhead compartment. So that's why um, last week on the podcast, Victoria gave a great tip about having a fanny pack always on her and she just clips it around um, the tray table in front of her so that all of her like most necessary items are extremely accessible and right there. That's a great option. Um, also, she mentioned having a toiletry bag that she immediately hangs off of the tray table. So she has all of that, um, all of those items right there and accessible and ready and available for her child. That's also another great option. Um, but no matter what, I think having some sort of bag and as much organization as you're able to have with things easily accessible can make the whole trip much smoother. Um, so that's just a little comment and tips about luggage. Uh, Whatever, whether you're traveling with your normal diaper bag or a backpack or a special bag you have for travel, I would absolutely advise that it has some way to hook on your luggage if you're going to bring luggage. Um, so I, even though I love backpacks that are diaper bags, because the airport's kind of a unique place and I'm often, often wearing my baby on my back when I'm navigating the airport, I don't want to exclusively rely on like a backpack um diaper bag to navigate the airport. So I always have a diaper bag that does have some means to attach to my rolling luggage. Um, a luggage strap is just fantastic. So I actually have a couple different diaper bags that have luggage straps that attach to them, but then I also have a couple different tote bags that just have um, luggage straps on them too. And I use those different tote bags as diaper bags to navigate through the airport. Last week, Victoria also gave a great tip about using um, packing cubes. So if you have a large tote bag that doesn't have great organization inside or doesn't have great pockets, it can be a really easy way to organize all of your travel stuff by using packing cubes. You can do a packing cube full of snacks, a packing cube full of like activities and crayons and coloring things, um, a packing cube full of technology like cords and headphones and iPads, and then a packing cube full of like diapers and change of clothes and wipes, and even a packing cube full of like pacifiers and bottles and feeding accessories. So you can organize that however you need, but that can make reaching and grabbing for things in the middle of the flight, or even when you first board and get in, get to your seat much easier and smoother. Um, 
So we've talked about all of the things on my list for actually navigating through the airport and the different baby gear items you might need through the airport. But if you're traveling and you're, you might also need several different baby gear items when you get to the other side, when you reach your final destination. So one of those big items that a lot of people may be putting on their registry is a travel crib. Um, and there are a lot of travel cribs out there, but I will say there are kind of two different categories, just like with travel strollers. Um, there are travel cribs that are going to easily pack down small enough to easily carry through the airport. Um, you know, there is that I know of one or two travel cribs that actually fit carry-on bag specifications. And outside of that, all the other travel cribs are going to be, need to be travel cribs that are checked in at the check-in counter. Um, so most people are probably going to check in their travel crib at the check-in counter no matter what, simply because it's one less thing to worry about bringing through the airport with you. Um, I will note I saw a TikTok the other day of a family that took a long international trip and had like a six-hour layover um, at a big international airport, and they brought their whole travel crib with them through the airport because it met carry-on specifications. It was the Guava Lotus. And um, they actually set the travel crib up along with the slumber pod, which I'll talk about in a minute. They set all of that up in the middle of the airport, turned on their child's sound machine, and their child took a three-hour nap in the middle of a busy airport. So if you have a really long layover, um, that could be a really great option to know. And that's just another reason why I highly, highly recommend the Guava Lotus travel crib as probably my top choice out of all travel cribs simply because it does have the option to be um, traveled or carried through the airport as carry-on luggage. It, the travel case for the Guava Lotus actually has backpack straps on it. Um, the Guava Lotus has like a regular travel crib option. It also has a zip down side so you can kind of lay next to your child or nurse them to sleep if you're nursing. Um, and it also has a separate bassinet feature, so you can use it from birth. You can travel with it as a bassinet if you need to, and you can also travel with it um, as, you know, just a full-size crib. My two-and-a-half-year-old still fits in her guava lotus and still naps in it sometimes when we travel. So overall, it's really a fantastic travel crib. Um, but if you don't want to limit your options, you want to look at travel cribs and not just at the Guava Lotus. Some of the other great ones are the Baby Bjorn. Um, so Baby Bjorn is one of the original travel cribs that folded down really small. It, it folds down very small, but not quite as small as the Guava Lotus. Um, it's quite lightweight, though. I would say between the Guava Lotus and the Baby Bjorn, I think the Baby Bjorn's fold is just slightly easier. Um, both of them take probably less than a minute to fold down once you're used to folding them down or setting them up. Um, the Baby Bjorn looks like a very nice, slim, compact like suitcase or almost like a large briefcase. So it does have a very luxury feel. Um, and a lot of people, because they like other Baby Bjorn products, kind of gravitate towards that one. I think it's a fantastic travel crib. It is very, very similar to the Guava Lotus. Um, but at the end of the day, I would usually choose the Guava Lotus over the Baby Bjorn simply because it does have that, um, the Guava Lotus does have the feature to be uh, fit as carry-on luggage. And it does have backpack straps and the Baby Bjorn travel bag does not have backpack straps. So outside of those two, which are the two main ones that are kind of really compact for travel, uh, when you're looking at other travel cribs, Newton actually just came out with a travel crib, which does feature the like patented Newton breathable mattress. 
um, which is an awesome feature. But all of the other travel cribs I'm going to mention are quite heavy and they're not something that I would want to navigate the airport with frequently. So if you're going to just be traveling by airplane like once in your child's first year of life, uh, you know, it might not be a big deal to uh, depending on your destination and the airport you're going to be flying through. It might not be a big deal to just bring a really heavy pack and play through the airport. But um, if you're going to be traveling frequently, I'm probably not going to recommend these types of travel cribs. Uh, these types of travel cribs, more likely I'm going to recommend for keeping at a grandparent's house or keeping at your house on like a second story if you need a safe place for a baby to sleep or even using as a bassinet in your room from birth. Um, those are all reasons that I recommend some of the more like hefty or heavy uh, travel cribs. So I'll just name a couple. The Newton has one. Another one of my favorites is the Bugaboo Stardust. That's actually my top choice if you are wanting a travel crib to keep at like a grandparent's or a relative's house because it is so easy to set up. I would say it's probably by far the easiest travel crib on the market to set up. You literally like push it apart and it's open. It's set up. Um, the mattress is really thick and cushy and packs up within it. It offers a bassinet feature. So overall, it's a really great travel crib, but it is when it folds up, it's still rather large. So it would not be my first choice to like bring through an airport with me. Um, then there's going to be more of the classic like Graco travel pack and plays, which are really large and really heavy. Um, and there's going to be the four moms, which was one of the first travel cribs to kind of be like a one handed setup. Um, the four moms playpen, there's going to be the upper baby Remy, which is actually just a travel crib, <laughs> um, like the Graco with some more luxurious fabrics and, uh, some nice extra features. It has a like fold down attachable, diaper changing area. Um, but in general, I would say that, oh, and also uh, there's going to be the Nuna Siena, um, which is another travel crib, but those are all large pack and play type travel cribs versus lightweight travel cribs. So that's kind of the different distinction between the two. So really quickly, we're going to touch on feeding as you're traveling. So um, if you're traveling with a child under a year old, then most likely you're going to be traveling uh, either nursing them, bringing breast milk, or bringing formula with you. So what are the different ways that you might want to navigate the airport while traveling with um, pumping and bottle feeding and formula and all of that? So um, if you're pumping, having some sort of lightweight travel pump can be really handy. Um, if you're traveling for a long period of time and you don't have like a normal sized pump at your end destination, um, then you may want to be cautious traveling with just a travel pump, especially if it's not something that you have used frequently before. You definitely don't want to travel with just a travel pump just to find that it doesn't have adequate suction and you start losing some of your supply because you're not fully emptying your breasts when pumping. So that is a caution, but um, there are some travel pumps like the Pumpables genie advanced and the baby buddha which are both travel pumps that um, i have found in my experience to be have very similar function to a full size pump and those would be pumps that i would be comfortable like traveling with for a week or two at a time and not worrying about losing my supply 
Um, some other accessories that you might want to consider if you're pumping and traveling are the Kindy um, bags and adapters, which allow you to pump directly into breast milk storage bags that just have a screw on top and make it really easy to make sure you're not spilling milk or having to transfer milk in and out of bottles into other storage containers or the series chill um, which is essentially a giant thermos and you can travel you know for over 24 hours with your breast milk stored in there using just ice and water to cool it down so that makes it really easy if you are traveling and pumping and wanting to make sure that your milk stays nice and cool um, if you're traveling with formula, I often recommend pre-portioning the formula out into one of those on-the-go formula serving um, containers and then traveling either traveling with bottled water um, or just using some bottled water that you get within the airport or even asking for bottled water on the airplane. Um, you can also ask for hot water if your baby talks, takes a hot bottle. You can ask for hot water at almost any coffee shop in any airport, as well as hot water from the flight attendants on the airplane and either use that to make your bottle or use that to warm up a bottle that you've already pre-made. So that makes things super simple and easy um, to take formula on the go and make sure you're not wasting formula or having it spoil while you're traveling. Um, if you are bottle feeding and you're going to be traveling for like a longer period of time, I would definitely recommend bringing some sort of portable travel um, bottle dish drying rack so that you know you have somewhere easy to wash your bottles, an easy way to have them dry. I have forgotten the bottle drying rack, the travel portable bottle drying rack, and have like tried to prop my bottles up very strategically on like hotel um, counters trying to make sure that they dry properly and uh, it was definitely difficult. So I'm going to talk on just a few different um, types of travel accessories before we wrap up this episode. My favorite one, if you followed me on Instagram or TikTok at all, you have almost guaranteedly seen me talk about this, but the slumber pod is my absolute favorite, one of my favorite baby items of all time, but definitely my favorite travel baby item. It is a little tent that fits over a pack and play or an inflatable toddler bed or a travel crib. Um, it fits over lots of different items, but it allows, uh, it's just a little blackout tent and so it allows you to have your baby sleeping in the same room as you but you to still be able to like function at night and turn on the lights and change and um, move around your room even after you've put your baby to sleep uh, i love pairing the slumber pod with a portable sound machine like the um, yoga hush and there's a couple different portable sound machines hatch um, just came out with a new one that a lot of people like too um, but yeah, I love pairing it with a portable sound machine that I hook on the outside of it to kind of drown out any noise I might make, especially if I am sleeping in the same room as my baby and kind of give them that same comforting environment, especially when they're already sleeping well at home. I don't want to change up their sleep routine. So I love giving them a nice dark space as well as that um, constant white noise when traveling. And then another item I'm going to travel with most often is going to be a monitor of some sort. So I will say if you're going to a... Uh, hotel the easiest monitor to take is some type of non-wi-fi monitor so just a traditional baby monitor um, that doesn't use any wi-fi and just connects with one parent unit um, if you do have a baby monitor that uses wi-fi 
Um, in order to get connected with your phone, I will caution you that when you're traveling to a hotel, often the hotel uh, Wi-Fi is not fully secured enough and many baby monitors like the Nanit will not allow you to connect to the hotel Wi-Fi because it doesn't have a secure enough signal and they don't want anyone hacking into your baby monitor. Um, we have faced that problem before and it's definitely frustrating um, when you bring this monitor with you and you're not able to use it because the slumber pod does have a separate little pocket, a zipper pocket that you can put your baby monitor in. And that just makes it nice to be able to see what your baby is doing if they're fussing or moving around the crib um, without having to go and open up the tent all the way and let light kind of creep in. Um, so I would definitely, I have like a $30 monitor I purchased off Amazon that I bring with me when I travel, even though I have my Nana at home, especially if I'm going to be traveling to a hotel. If I'm traveling to a friend or a relative's house or an Airbnb where there will be like reliable Wi-Fi, then I'll often bring my Nana with me because it still does allow me to, I still can use the Nana if I have that reliable um, secure Wi-Fi connection. And so the final thing I'll mention is other accessories like a beach tent. So if you are going to be going to the beach, I think that's a whole separate episode because there's many other baby gear items you might want to bring. But having, we have the California Baby Company pop-up beach tent, which I really love, not just for the beach. It's a fantastic item. We took it to Mexico when we were living there for six weeks because it was essentially a playpen or a large safe play space where I knew I could set my daughter down no matter, I didn't know if the Airbnb would be baby proofed or if there would be things like we'd have to worry about. But if I needed to run to the bathroom and I was alone in the Airbnb with my daughter, I knew I could set her in that baby tent and she would be safe and I didn't have to worry about her. So traveling with something like the baby tent can be just another thing to lug through the airport. But if you're going somewhere for a longer period of time, um, or you're going to be traveling alone and you don't know what the um, accommodations look like at the other end, a beach tent or some sort of pop-up um, pack and play can be a really great item. I will mention through all of this baby gear that there is a website called Baby Quip, um, Q-U-I-P. There's also a couple other websites that are popping up that do similar things, but Baby Quip is the most common one that I know of um, that allow you to rent baby gear when you reach your final destination. So oftentimes they'll offer delivery. Um, the people who, they're kind of individual contractors, oftentimes moms who just have a lot of baby gear and they'll rent out like travel cribs and slumber pods and strollers and even car seats, um, all of those items so that you don't have to bring any of that with you through the airport. You can just rent it for a week or two or three weeks or a month at your final destination. And that can be a great option if you're going somewhere like a big Airbnb and staying there for a long time and needing multiple like bigger items that you don't want to haul through the airport with you. Or even if you're going to like visit a grandparent and um, they're not in the space to like purchase any of these items or you're just going there once. So you don't want to have like a lot of items for them to purchase. Renting those items from a provider like Baby Quip can be really awesome and allow you to have so many of the familiar items your baby has at home without dragging them all the way through the airport. Um, I hope this episode was helpful. I hope you felt a little more prepared or you feel a little more prepared as you navigate your next travel experience. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Baby Gear Unwrapped. I hope you enjoyed our exploration of all things baby gear. 
If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing to the podcast, rating it, and leaving a review. That way you won't miss any of our future episodes and we can share the incredible info with more people around the world. For even more baby gear tips, behind the scenes sneak peeks, and engaging discussions, be sure to follow us on Instagram. You can find us at Baby Gear Unwrapped Podcast, where our community of parents and gear enthusiasts is growing every day. For quick, informative snippets and some fun baby gear insights, catch us on TikTok at The Baby Gear Consultant. We're here to make your parenting journey easier, and we love connecting with our listeners. Remember, you can always visit our website, thebabygearconsultant.com, for additional resources, show notes, and more. Thanks for choosing Baby Gear Unwrapped as your trusted source for baby gear wisdom. Until next time, happy parenting, and may your gear choices always be spot on.